Trigger warning, the Resilience Project provides an open space for people to share their personal experiences. Some content in this podcast may include topics that you may find difficult. The listener's discretion is advised. Hello, friends. Welcome to Radical Resilience, a weekly show where I, Blair Kaplan Venables, have inspirational conversations with people who have survived life's most challenging times. We all have the ability to be resilient and bounce forward from a difficult experience. And these conversations prove just that. Get ready to dive into these life-changing moments while strengthening your resilience muscle and getting raw and real. Welcome back to another episode of Radical Resilience. It's me, Blair Kaplan Venables. And today we are with my client turned friend, Kelly Hassai. Did I butcher that? Hashai. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I know. I want to make it fancier. It's funny. My last name's Venables, and I have a few friends who call me Venables. I'm like, oh, that sounds really classy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, what, Kelly, it's fascinating. Like, you know, she started off as a client, so I knew her in a business sense. But as I got to know her, we developed a friendship, and she has such a fascinating story um, in her corporate life where she's at. She is, has been growing plants and creating landscape designs for over 24 years. Her creativity and vivid imagination alongside her husband, Eco, rooted and grew down-to-earth gardens and nursery located on Vancouver Island. But she has quite, quite the story. And so I just want to welcome Kelly to the mic. Hi, Kelly. Hi, and thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here this morning. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. So, you know, just for the listeners out there, when, when guests come on, we do a bit of prep ahead of time and we send a form out and we ask, share a time where you had to be resilient. Like, but this is like a reoccurring theme in Kelly's life. So we're going to start at the, not at the beginning of her life, but the beginning of when she really had to be resilient. And that was at the age of 13, both of her parents passed away. And so, you know, I'm going to pass it over to Kelly and I invite you to share your story. Yeah. Thanks Blair. Um, and yeah, you're right. It's uh, I'm a bit of an onion just because the resiliency uh, thread has has just continued throughout my life. So so I'm good at it. And uh, there's lots of things we could talk about. But uh, it started when uh, I was 13 and waiting after a ba- uh, basketball practice, waiting at the at the gym, and uh, my parents just didn't show up. And unfortunately, they were hit by a a logging truck and uh, both passed away. So my life changed instantly at 13, which is really a, you know, a crazy kind of age to be in anyway. And yeah, and then I had to learn, I had to turn and face and become somebody who I needed to be. And uh, that's, that's where, I, what I did. Um, You know, I can't imagine like Back when you were 13, I'm assuming cell phones weren't a thing and social media definitely wasn't a thing because it wasn't a thing when I was 13. Right. Um, like, h- how did you find out? Like, what happened? Like, walk us through that day. Like, you're standing waiting for your parents and they never showed up. Let's dive into that a bit. Like, what happened? Yeah, so the police just showed up and said, are you Kelly? And I said, yeah. And they said, get in. And I said, okay, what's going on? And they took me to my aunt's house and she, you know, there were people there and she told me what had happened and it was just like unbelievable really yeah like I'm sorry that's just so terrible like I can't even imagine because it's losing both parents at once quite suddenly and you were really young right 
are you, are you the, oh sorry the, the magic in this is that I really believe I was in training my whole life prior to this for this event yeah you know um we, we had quite a I had quite a unconventional childhood um we lived all over Mexico and my parents job was to open up hotels and then kind of leave after six months when things were going so I grew up in an adult environment sitting in you know bars at nighttime as a kid on a stool listening to adult conversation knowing adult topics um I learned a lot you know yeah so you like you grew up pretty fast I grew up fast, but I had a like a vault of knowledge at 13. I think that most 13 year olds didn't that kept me safe and, uh, you know, sort of guided me. Yeah. And I can't imagine that because like, as you know, um, I lost both my parents within a year mm-hmm. and I'm a little bit older than 13 <laughs> and uh, just a bit though. Um, and like if when my mom died, it was suddenly like not as sudden as your parents, but you yeah. know, we learned she had cancer. She died three weeks later and my dad, we, he was terminally died like took three plus years but I felt like when my parent my mom died and when my dad died a piece of me died mm-hmm. so I I don't know what it's like to be a kid to lose parents but like how do you think that fundamentally changed who you are in your personality yeah that's a good question I think when you're a child I was bordering between I remember actually thinking am I a child or am I an adult do I do the adult thing? Like what would an adult do right now? Well, you know, an adult would go off and find their way. And, but no, I'm a kind of a child and I can't get a job and I, but I could, and, you know, I kind of waffle between these two worlds. Um, So I think that piece of myself, I didn't lose a piece. I gained a piece. I gained yeah. this other self that was and and for the rest of my life, until I sort of came into my own two shoes as an adult, I was kind of back and forth between being a child and, you know, having this conversation in my own head, you know? Wow. I like, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing, you know, and you've always had this love for plants and you've always been creative. Mm-hmm. How did you integrate, you know, the world of plants into coping with the grief and your like sudden life change right so it was the greens the the plants the outdoor world was always my safe place I always went there to because it was you know attainable anywhere wherever I went there was a tree there was a garden there was something that I could focus on that was outside of my own life struggle so it became my kind of sense of therapy but then later I realized that it was more than just therapy. It was, it was me and who I was. Um, and once I opened the door and welcomed that in, it became my profession and, and here I am today. Yeah. And I love that. And so you, you mentioned that like, this was the, like the, maybe the starting point, like you were training for this moment for growing up, you know, from early age and you had a lot of wisdom, but you know, from 13 onwards, you you said after your parents died, you had other moments of resilience. You know, you are this onion. Yeah. Should we talk about some of those other moments? Maybe in like, we can go in order of timeline, just we can sure. dive in and see where, where, where we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my parents died and then I went to live with an aunt and uncle who was, they had kids of their own and a family in a different city. And so it was quite a big change but I quickly realized I wasn't there for the right reason. They didn't take me in because 
uh, I needed to go somewhere and they loved me so much. They took me in because I had a large bank account that was to follow. So we were kind of in a holding pattern there until I figured out that this is what it was all about. Um, and then I quickly started making decisions um, to move. So um, yeah, it, it, it took a little, a few tries, but uh, you know, basically I had to quit school, went into the principal and said, okay, I, I'm out. And she said, oh my gosh, you know, what are you going to do? And I said, I got to go get a job to get a place to live. How old were you? Um, I was four, 15 by that time. Wow. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. And so that's what I did. And uh, I got a job as an apprentice hairstylist. Right, right. Yeah. Oh my God. Sidebar. Um, we we did a Grinch campaign <laughs> at Christmas. And I always forget because like she's in the plant world. I always forget she does hair and makeup. And you should see her like makeup skills. Amazing makeup skills. She like transformed uh, a man into a full out Grinch, like very realistic. Okay, sidebar. That's so just fun. a sidebar. So yeah. you you got an apprentice um at a hair, you became an apprentice at a hair salon, you moved out, you found your own place, and then what happened? Actually, I lived in the back of the hair salon secretly for a little while. Um, no one knew. There was a food court nearby, and I used to kind of eat out of the dumpster and sleep in the sunbed. And then I'd go to the bus stop in the morning and pretend I just got off the bus and meet everybody and come on in. And it was ideal because there was a, you know, a washer and a dryer there. And uh, when you're homeless, keeping clean is really important. So, and I'd go to the pool and you know have a shower and. Yeah. So I, I did that for a while until the uh, salon owner said, Hey, I know what, I know what you're doing. And uh, then she offered me a place in, in her basement. So I lived there for the duration of my apprenticeship. How lucky are you that she had empathy and compassion? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And so when your apprenticeship ended, where did you go? What did you do? So then I continued down the hairstyling route, but I really wasn't a good hairstylist. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I love that you like, know that. <laughs> yeah, it was like, sit down and paint a picture. Well, I could paint really good pictures sometimes, but sometimes I couldn't paint very good pictures because I wasn't in the creative headspace to do it. So uh, I quickly figured that out and uh, I positioned myself in a hair salon um, as a receptionist and the hair salon happened to have 12 um, no sorry 10 gay guys and me and we became a family which is what I needed which was great and uh, from there I continued to like hang out with them on Friday and Saturday nights and it'd be like hey can you put my eyelashes on hey can you do my hair hey can you and I ended up doing drag makeup in uh, in Vancouver and one thing led to another and I really liked it and I was good at it. And uh, yeah. And so then I went on to get some education in England and. Anyway. Yeah. But your story goes deeper than that. Like, didn't you like find someone who invited you to learn from them? Like what, how did you get to England? Cause you were in Vancouver. Yeah, I was in Vancouver. I was making like bank doing drag queen makeup. <laughs> weekends. Like that's I love fun. that. Yeah. Um, and then working in the hair salon during the week and I just saved, I just saved all my money and I found this school and I went and uh, as soon as I started in the school, the, and the owner was like, Hey, I'm opening a Canadian school. You got to come there and teach. I'm going to prime you for that. And so, yeah, I had a really good experience living in, in England. It was lonely, but it was good. It was very intense studying and uh, yeah. 
That's really cool. And you know what I love about that is because like you are super creative. Like that was probably a really fun creative outlet for you. Yeah, it was. And it took me away from the situation that I was in. I just, I think at that point I I said to myself, okay, you're a gypsy. You're just going to go with the flow and you know, it's kind of good. You don't have parents and roots and family to pull you back. You can do whatever you want. Like there are advantages to, to being free. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just kind of looked at the positive and went that way. So you taught um, makeup at a school in Canada and then what happened? Where did the wind blow you? Actually, I didn't, uh, that part didn't work out. Um, I didn't want to go live in Toronto and grind. Um, Yeah, that's fair. so yeah, so I came back here and I dabbled in film and TV and um, did some theater and photography stuff for a while. And then, um, I don't know, I just really lost my passion. It was a hard, um, it was a hard lifestyle. It was hard to have a life outside of that, Yeah, you know, eating turkey dinner at two in the morning and, you know, sleeping all day and not seeing any friends and stuff. So um, yeah, it was time for a change. And, uh, you know, the drugs were kind of prevalent in my life at that point, because mm-hmm. you were taking drugs to go to sleep and taking drugs to stay awake, and it turns into party drugs and mm-hmm. drugs everywhere. So, so I picked up a, a drug habit along the way with my film and TV career movies. And uh, I knew it was bad. I, I knew it was time to go. So I sold everything, saved up as much as I could, and I bought a round-the-world ticket and left. I love it. Yeah. So I left for three months and, um, or I was going to go for six months and came back four years later, <laughs> met the love of my life. And, uh, yeah, that was it. Everyone said when I came back, where's, you know, what did you get when you went traveling? And I said, right here, he's my souvenir. This is the guy. Oh, and he's amazing. I, I absolutely, I, I adore him. Yeah, we echo. We, he's yeah. he's cool. He's an Israeli dude. You guys you guys met in Thailand, right? We met in Thailand. Yeah, where you know a lot of Israelis were going or still go. Um, yeah, and we just bumped into each other. It was love at first sight, and I love that. Thirty years ago, yeah. You know, it's kind of like um, you went through this really long dark dark night of the soul, mm-hmm. and then when you surrendered to it, and you know, got that one way ticket, and you were just showing up for you every day. These gifts you know, landed in your life. And I know you and Echo ended up on Vancouver Island and you started this business, but that wasn't easy for you too. Growing a family wasn't easy for you guys. Like right now you have, you know, two adult children. Mm-hmm. They're adults, I'd say. Yes, they're adults. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this beautiful booming business, but, you know, let's, let's talk about like how you started your business and family at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, that was a great example of being resilient because, um, we couldn't, we couldn't conceive. Um, it took us almost seven years of fertility and up and down. And, you know, we were struggling, we were living in a trailer and, uh, I was going to school at the time because, um, we needed to get out and to get to a place where we could have a mortgage and nobody wants to give a mortgage to a makeup artist who's been traveling. Let's just say that my husband was a new immigrant didn't speak very much English. So he was working during the day as a landscaper, going to school at night to learn English, you know, um, but we were happy. It was a happy time for sure. Uh, But things just really weren't working out the way we wanted to as much as we tried. And uh, uh, eventually uh, I got pregnant when I quit the job 
that I had to do to get the mortgage. I listened to my body and uh, I quit my job and I started working in the greenhouses, building baskets and uh, listening to music. And lo and behold, I went off the drugs and got pregnant. It was like the miracle. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I had a, had a baby and that was traumatic in itself. That birth, we both uh, died and came back to life and, and, um, and that was okay. And then she was colicky, which would turned out not to be colicky. So she was sick for seven months. She cried nonstop. And I, I really thought I was going to lose my mind. Um, that was really, really tough times, but all the, all the while we were building baskets and, um, growing stuff in our greenhouse and yeah, it's like that duality, right? Like you have this really hard like side of you and this really beautiful creative side of you and having to balance it. And it's almost like, you know, your work was kind of a reprieve from, you know, being a mother to a really sick baby. And, you know, I know it's interesting because like I have a lot of friends who are mothers, like I am not. And a lot of them like love work because it's something they're doing for them and it's, you know, their space. But I mean, you got through it, right? You built a business and, and you had two kids pretty close together, right? Yeah, a year apart, um, which was really, you know, crazy. It was, uh, you know, crazy. People were like, what are you going to do? You got to get a nanny. And I just looked at them like, okay, the nanny's going to be the chickens in the yard. And that's sort of what we did. You know, I I'd put both strollers, both kids in strollers by the chickens and give them a whole bunch of bread and just let them throw it at the Yeah, <laughs> The nanny <laughs> chicken. Yeah, that's it. Oh, so you, be, you become creative in your solutions to get things done. But yeah, the kids, you know, they grew here in living in the dirt um you know playing in the soil outside all day like they had a great childhood they each had a red wagon for instance and every day they'd go over and pick a chicken out of the coop and hang out with that chicken all day pull it around in the wagon put it on their helmet and ride bikes or um it's really fun like free it's a very free life and like you it's interesting because like you lost your parents at 13 and like you got to have this whole experience past 13 being a mom Mm -hmm. to your kids so what was that like not having that mother role model like not having that mom in your life past 13 to being a mom to these two kids in their between teen Mm -hmm. adult life right well I think the big thing it was it was hard it was hard because I didn't have guidance I, I relied on a lot of other people or books or you know anything I could really kind of, and instinct. I just drove the car sometimes with my eyes closed and said, I just know the way. Cause I do. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's funny that you said that because I feel like that's, that's life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's a lot of, you know, what I realize is being an adult, like there's a lot of guessing. <laughs> that's right. There's a lot but of guessing. I think staying within yourself, going inside and letting mm-hmm. things, you know, happen and evolve organically rather than trying to control it all the time is, is really key, but it's hard. Like trying to be a parent, a parent is about control, right? Yeah. So I, yeah. I battled with that for sure. But I think being outside and in the greenhouse and in nature, it showed me every day over and over until I got it. And sometimes I didn't get it, but till I, you know, was pretty consistent that, you really got to let it go because mm-hmm. it's not about 
you know, your kids aren't going to grow up and be axe murderers if you don't, you know, give them what they want at the moment. Yeah, that's that's a really good analogy. I, I really like that. So, um, you know, now you you have two adult kids and you're in business. Like, do you find that you're coming like what are some of the challenges you're you're coming across with your business or do you find that everything's in perfect flow? <laughs> it was in perfect flow. Hey, what is even, what is even perfect flow? Is that, a thing? Is, yeah, that's is that right. a thing in business? Yeah. I don't think so. Cause if it was, people wouldn't enjoy going into business for themselves. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Like it's like the challenges that fuel us. And although they're frustrating, there's that dopamine hit of like when we accomplish something that's been challenging. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have, um, I feel that things are changing in the, in the business for sure. Um, and I'm, I have parts of it that I'm kind of tired of and I want to give away, which I'm mm-hmm. doing. Um, and I love it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm really kind of starting just to let, it, you know, to drive it rather than letting it drive me, which is a big, a big deal. Yeah. I mean, and it took you multiple decades and that's a huge, like, transition for you the sun is in your eyes you can't see this but the sun is shining down on her and it looks she makes she looks like an angel <laughs> you see my wings I see them I see your halo and your wings there you um, go. so you know we're we're winding down and like you've shared some really great examples like you are a very resilient human like you know you came into this world with not an easy path and like you've built a successful business in this beautiful family and you've had this really big adventure and you had that freedom. And that's funny that you, like you talked about like, yeah, like there is something about like, yes, I'm married and like, I'm a bit older than, you know, a teenager, but without my parents being alive, I do feel this sense of freedom. Like it's, it's like this untethered, like I'm not worried about them aging. Like I'm not, I don't have the same worries as some of my friends have with their parents being sick or what to, like, I mean, my dad was sick for a while, but I, it's done now. Like I'm done dealing with it. And, you know, so it's a really, it's interesting that you mentioned that because in all these dark moments, there, there's other things that come out of it that aren't bad. Right. And you have to recognize them to, to, to receive the gift. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's really beautiful. So Kelly, I, you know, this isn't obviously a business podcast, but because you do such beautiful work, if any of our listeners live on Vancouver Island or travel to Victoria or Vancouver Island, they should come check you out. How can people find you? What's your website? Yeah. So we're at www.downtoearthgardensandnursery.com. It's a long one, I know. <laughs> but it a- encompasses everything we, we do. So yeah, yeah we we do landscaping and design and we have a retail nursery. That's really lots of fun. It, it, it is really fun. I've been there and I'm coming back and like, I'll be there in April. So, you know, I think that's awesome. So check out their website, follow them on social media. Well, get into their world. And if you're ever on Vancouver Island, you should definitely go meet Kelly. Um, and so let's wrap this up with a piece of advice. We talked about a bunch of different scenarios So I'm going to leave it as an open piece. Maybe it's a high level one for someone who's going through something hard or someone who's lost their parents suddenly or any other situation that you feel like you want to shed some light on. Yeah, you know what? I would just say um, being able to tap into the inner self and ask yourself, what is it that needs to be happening right now for me um, in all those hard moments? And Mm -hmm. then receiving the gifts that come out of the negative things like we talked about um, there's always a good and a bad side to everything so receive the good 
receive the good. I love that. That's really, really beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your time and sharing your story with us. That's amazing. Thank you, Blair. It's been a pleasure. And thank you to everyone who tuned in to another episode of Radical Resilience. Thank you for plugging us into your ears, diving in with us for over a year. You know, we have our book, The Global Resilience Project. Book one is available on Amazon. It's an international bestseller. We have applications open. If you want to be in book number two and help people navigate their challenges because you've survived something, and I know you have, you can go to theglobalresilienceproject.com and fill out an application if you're interested. We can hop on a call, talk about it. But the book is coming out in late 2023. And Kelly's actually going to have a story in the book too, which is really cool. And, you know, if you want to be um, on this podcast, a good way to get on the podcast is being in the book. And if you want to be on the, if you want to be in the book, you're going to come on this podcast if you want. So just know that my link and Kelly's link are both in the show notes and that it's okay to not be okay. The world is full of surprises and some of them are not fun and some of them are very hard but you're not alone. You don't have to walk this, this challenge alone. It is okay to not be okay. Let us be that lighthouse in the storm. Let us help you navigate that challenge. And just remember, you are resilient. That's a wrap for another episode of Radical Resilience. Do you feel inspired by this episode? You can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player and connect with us to join the conversation at IamResilient.info. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. And you, my friend, are resilient. Radical Resilience is a podcast created by The Resilience Project.